This is the Purpose Church podcast where we exist to help every person live on purpose. It is our prayer that this message helps you experience God in a brand new way. Good morning. I'm so excited to be with you here. If we haven't got the chance to meet, my name is Crystal and I get to serve here on our lead team. And I'm so excited to end out our prayer series. I hope that you've been enjoying it. We've had a three-part prayer series and we've even had some amazing, amazing guest speakers who have just really the messages they brought connected so much to prayer. And so I am excited to end us today. If you're new with us, we, ha- we are um, capping a season Uh, called 21 Days of Prayer. Every January and August, we set aside 21 days to give God our first and our best. 21 days in January is uh, 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. In August, it's 21 Days of Prayer and Feasting. So my belly is full, and I am excited and prayed up um, and ready to speak to you today. You know, 21 Days of Prayer, it really... It has uh, been a significant impact to my prayer life personally. I mean, like if no one participated, I would be, I would be all about it. Um, but I know that you have the same stories as well and that it really impacts you. There's something about intentionally setting aside that time every year. And I love that our pastors lead us to do that because it has impacted me. It reminds me so much of the value of prayer and just how sacred and beautiful prayer is that It wasn't always like this, you know, in the Old Testament we used to have to go to temples, right, and sacrifice a lamb or or whatever it was, an animal, and and then we'd have to go before the priest, and the priest would intercede to God, and all of this was because we were not able to be close to God because of our sin, but he made a way for us to mediate, for there to be mediators for us, but then when, when Jesus came, he became the mediator, he became the high priest that, that through him we can have open access to God. When, when Jesus died on the cross, it said that the, the veil was torn in the temple, the, the separation from top to bottom. And that just symbolized that anywhere, anytime, we can pray to God. And it's this beautiful thing. My first point here is that prayer is free to us, but it was costly to Jesus. It's this beautiful, amazing, and valuable thing that we have in this Christian life. But it was costly and, it, and it's valuable. I think the disciples knew this too. Whenever they, they had questions for Jesus, they, they went up to him and asked, Lord, teach us to pray. And if I was a disciple, I would ask, Lord, how do you do the fishes and the loaves thing? I would ask, how do you heal a blind man? How do I walk on water? And, and that's not all selfish. I would I would think that people would know that, you know, I'm a Christian if, if they see me do all these amazing things. Like, Lord, teach me. Uh, To split the Red Sea, that would be cool. But that's not what the disciples asked. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. And I just wonder, what did they see in Jesus that made them so desperate to pray? What did they see when, when he would, you know, it said that Jesus would steal away early in the morning. What were they seeing that they wanted? I think they saw the intimacy with God that Jesus had, that Jesus, um, had a closeness with God, and even though Jesus went through a lot of suffering and rejection and torment, God was always with him and always doing miracles through them, through him. And so they asked Jesus to teach them to pray. And I love that Jesus is so good that he he's going to teach them. He's going to teach them a prayer, and 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 that's just in the nature of Jesus to do. Jesus, I love that he came to earth, and. 
and he, God left a written word for us, right? We, we have his word, but Jesus came to show us and walk us through it. He's, he's a teacher, and he teaches us as his disciples. And as I was thinking about this, I was really just having on my heart all of you teachers out there and faculty that have been getting ready for school, I mean, for weeks now, really, but having students back in. And I was having a conversation this week with uh, some of our youth moms just about the unique challenges going on right now, and, um, but just the reward that it is to be able to be with their students. And, and I see Jesus so much in that because I think to teach is to love, to have the patience and, and the, the persistence and to even let your student fail but also not condemn them for it to, to help them keep going. And that's exactly what Jesus does. And I think that could be freeing to some people in here that prayer is a process. That it's learning and it's growing. It's a muscle to be worked out. It happens over time. I think of, you know, if our phone, if we got it out right now and you turned it on and it wasn't working, you know, you wouldn't throw it away and say, I, I don't believe in phones anymore. I only believe in science. No, you would, you would be persistent, right? You would take it to Best Buy or Apple. We should all be going to Apple. Um, that was for somebody. Um, you take it to Apple and you say, hey, I'm not coming back till you fix this phone, right? We, we have to have some persistence about it and seek Jesus as our teacher. So if pray, prayer has been challenging for you or you feel like you're not where you want to be, that's all of us in here. And so let's, let's dive in and learn together from what Jesus says. So we're going to pray the Lord, or we're going to read the Lord's Prayer. This is in Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Uh, if you're following along, you can also follow along on the screens. Um, and also in the YouVersion Bible app, and it's an app that you can download on your phone. Um, there are the notes from today. There's a Bible available for you and also the notes that you can follow along with under the live tab. Um, but let's jump in. Let's read this together out loud. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Keep coming back, kid. Right? No. Okay. So, before we break down this prayer, I want to point out a few um, really awesome things about the Lord's Prayer before we dive into the principles of the Lord's Prayer. So, a few things I noticed. This first one actually blew my mind. I've never noticed this about the Lord's Prayer, and I'm excited to share with you because maybe you haven't noticed either. And I found it in my research and studying for this message. The first is that the Lord's Prayer is communal. So, if you, if you go back and notice... Um, it's in third-person pronouns, our Father in heaven, give us our daily bread, forgive us our debts, and lead us not into temptation. And so it's this beautiful reminder that we are connected to a greater kingdom and system, that we are in community, that he is our Father. And it's this amazing reminder of what is so contrary in our culture is individualism or maybe even individual families. But if you're a part of the kingdom of God, if you believe in God, we are one family together. And, and so we look at this and we say, well, okay, did Jesus intend, <clears throat> excuse me, did Jesus intend for us to only pray to, when we're together? 
Well, the answer is no. We can actually look back in the, in the, before the Lord's Prayer. This is in Matthew 6, 6 through 7. Jesus says specifically, But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they will think they will be heard for their many words. So Jesus is saying that just as much as prayer is communal, as, mar- as, as much as we're a part of this and, and how the word says that two or three gathered, um, I'm, I'm there with them and there's power when we come together. There's power and meaning when we're together in worship. The Lord's Prayer is also personal. Jesus says to go in your room, close the door, pray in secret, and, and to not stand around and, and, and pray out where everyone can hear so that they can hear all of our great prayers but to go to God in secret. The third thing is the Lord's Prayer is a framework so that we can take what Jesus teaches us in the Lord's Prayer and and apply it to every single prayer in our lives. I think it's interesting that Jesus, he, he doesn't just pray the Lord's Prayer over and over again in Scripture. This is the one he teaches the disciples, but Jesus also prays in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's praying with God right before he goes to the cross. He also prays in John 17 what is called the high priestly prayer, one of my favorite moments in Scripture where Jesus is praying over the unity of the disciples. And so we say, well, why didn't Jesus teach them those prayers? Well, because the Lord's Prayer is a framework that can help us apply all of these things to all of our prayers. And I think we, we all desire for our prayers to be effective, right? And scripture, uh, praying Scripture is the one way that we know that our prayers are effective and that we're praying in God's will. We talked about that last week, right? Praying in God's will. And we all want to know our prayers are effective. When I, when I think of this, I think of this story of um, what I call little Ethan, my husband. Um, this is a story from when he was um, little. Um, and I have permission to share this, by the way. So <laughs> little Ethan and had just watched, it, watched The Mummy earlier this day, okay? He was about six years old, and so he hears a word that he has never heard in his life. Um, and so his family gets together, and they are about to go on a road trip, so they're about to pray some hedge of protection, you know, like getting ready for this road trip. And they're in a circle, and they're just going at it. This is a fiery family. They love Jesus, and so they're just rebuking the devil. Um, they're, just, they're just telling him off, and, and, and little Ethan goes, yeah, we're going to kick the devils, and you can fill in the rest for yourself. <laughs> and then, you know, little Ethan was taken to the side and slightly rebuked for, for his rebuking, and they're like, I love the, I love the fire, but we don't, we don't say that. Um, and so it's this confusing moment in little Ethan's life of, you know, I thought I was in it. I thought I was going. So we, we all want to know that our prayers are working, that God is hearing our prayers, that, um, that we are really connecting with heaven. So I want to sh- share with you five principles that Jesus teaches about the Lord's Prayer that you can take and apply to your own prayer life. The first one is to recognize the Father as set apart. So this, this translation that we read earlier of the Lord's Prayer, I specifically chose this one. There are some more maybe um, uh, modernized versions, and, and the word hallowed almost seems like an antiquated word, but, but I chose that version specifically because the word hallowed, I thought just directly translated to holy, right? We know God is holy. We, we sing it all the time. 
Um, but this word specifically means that God is set apart as holy and removed from the evil of the world. And I think this is important because when we're praying, we often try to bring God down to us and, and fit him in the expectations in the box that we have. Maybe the, we're, we're genuinely trying to see him as holy, but we're still in our heads about it. And so going to him and recognizing him as set apart is for our good, that he's not like us, that his ways aren't our ways. And, and I think this is a great thing that Jesus would teach because prayer would be unenjoyable if you didn't really believe in the God you were praying to, if you didn't believe in his holiness or his might, if you didn't really believe in his faithfulness, it would not bring very much joy to your prayer. I love in the beginning of 21 days of prayer, we kept saying, if we enjoyed prayer more, we'd pray more. And, and, and joy and confidence comes to our prayers when we know who we're praying to. If you don't know how to do this and you say, I'm just getting to know God, you know, I, I don't really know. A great place to go is Psalms. Um, there's so many amazing things said about the Lord and his character that you can pray. And I just have up here Psalm 111. It's just one of the amazing Psalms that you can pray. It says, great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. Glorious and majestic are his deeds and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He provides food for those who reverently fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. And that's who he is. And so you can go back and pray, God, I know that you're faithful. I know that you're gracious and compassionate. It says in your word that you provide even food, even our earthly needs for those who fear you. Reminding ourselves of who he is will bring more confidence to your prayers. Personally, in my life, what what has just come up over the year through devotionals and, and, and things and things I've been reading is just that God is a good shepherd. And so when I go to my prayer time, I'm just reminding myself who I'm talking to. I'm talking to a good shepherd that leads me and guides me when I don't know the answers, maybe corrects me when I go a wrong path. He is a good shepherd. And so you can remind yourself of who he is. The second thing is to seek God's priorities over your, over your own. It could be easy to oversimplify this, right, and say, okay, I get it. Don't pray for things I want. Um, I want a new car, but I guess I won't pray for it, his priorities. Um, it's not that simple, and, and, and we can believe that God wants for us to have great things, but this is really about seeking his kingdom over our own kingdom and his way over the way that we want it. I often think, when I think of the kingdom and our way versus God's way, I think of the Israelites and um, over scripture, from the moment that Adam and Eve sinned, it was a promise that Jesus would come, that, that there would be a Messiah who would make everything right in the world that humans have made wrong. Over and over it was prophesied that there would be a, a king who would reign on David's throne, would come through the line of David, that um, he would conquer sin and death and bring the new kingdom down, the new Eden. Um, and so this is the beautiful promise, amazing promise. And the Israelites knew this all the way up till Jesus' coming. But they were expecting something different than they got. They expected a military power that was going to uh, smite everyone and take down their oppressors. They were really suffering. They were slaves. And, and so they were not hoping for a bad thing. They wanted a righteous government. They wanted a righteous king to rule over and for them to not be slaves anymore. But you know how the story goes. What they really get is a baby in a manger with some outcasts as the parents. And 
And then he grows up and he doesn't become a military power, he becomes a servant. He takes on the form of a servant. But the promise is still and even better fulfilled that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, conquering sin and death. He did come from the line of David. And so God's promises were fulfilled, but it was just not in the way that they expected. And in the same way, there are promises that God has spoken to you. There are promises in his word that he's spoken to. And he's been speaking to you, but he just might not do it in the way that you expect. You know, with everything going on in the world, in Haiti, Afghanistan, there's so much that we want to do. And there's so many ways that we want to make it right. And that desire is not wrong. That desire is from God. But we seek his kingdom, his way. And he will guide us on how to do those things. One way that you can start is just this simple, what almost seems silly, called the include me prayer. And it's just simply waking up and asking God, God, would you include me in what you're doing today? Help me see ways to advance your kingdom come. Maybe you're in the line, the checkout line at HEB, and, and you're just talking to someone and maybe you get to meet up with a family member and you just get to encourage them and speak life over them that no one's really saying. I mean, who, who tells the story of like, man, my coworkers just really lifted me up today. People need an encouragement. Uh, people need encouragement. And, and, and so it's just, God, include me in what you're doing today and knowing that he will bring his kingdom. And also, this isn't even my notes. I just thought that reminding ourselves that his true Jesus is coming back to that his kingdom will come that the new Eden and in this beautiful restoration it is coming your kingdom come and the 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 third thing is to seek God's provision over your daily needs our knee-jerk reaction especially in our society is is to go to ourselves for our needs um, me, I, when I'm hungry, I go to HEB, you know, when I, when I need gas in my car, I go to the gas station, and the gas prices are kind of high, but, you know, they're there, um, and I'm thankful to be able to, to get it, and what hap- but what happens in this being used to, to having everything readily available to this is that we elevate our own ideas about our life and our wisdom. And the problem with that is it puts us in real danger because oftentimes we do not make good decisions. Um, Oftentimes we do not go the right way. And sometimes it just leaves us aimless. Like you're always, you're always looking and trying to fix your life and put it together, but there's no real target. And God wants to meet us there. In the season of prayer, I, we were talking on Monday uh, about pride. Pastor Kelly shared a, a devotional that Monday um, on pride, and it was an awesome message on pride. It said no one ever because at the end of the message, you know, you're evaluating your own pride. Uh, but it was awesome, and I just could not help but thinking in my mind that pride is almost like praying to yourself. And we would never say it that way. In fact, we say, well, what's wrong with, you know, like, I'm not, in, I'm not a lazy person. I need to get done what I need to get done. And, and I'm not asking people for favors, pick myself up by the bootstraps, that kind of thing. Um, I, I get it. I can get there too. But, but the danger is, is that it's really like seeking yourself and, 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 and we get caught in that not knowing really what to do. And so we, we get our lives off track. You don't have to do it by yourself, though. 
and you can bring your needs to God. And when that happens, he might even reshape what you believe your needs to be. You may think you, you need more money in the bank, but he knows you, you need more wisdom to handle that money. You may think that you need a job, but he knows that when you put trust and reliance on him, you're going to be the happiest that you've ever been. And it's not to minimize any real needs. Our God knows that we have real needs. He created us with those to eat and, and to sleep. He created all of those needs, and he says, if, if, I, if I feed birds, if I clothe grass and make that beautiful, how much more would I care for you? So you can know that he, he cares for your needs but the word says that he supplies all our needs according to his riches in Philippians 4.19. And so just like his kingdom, his riches are not all, always the same as our riches, what we would count as riches. Sometimes his, his riches come in the form of love and peace and patience and faithfulness. And so that no matter what the circumstances, if you have a little bit of money, if you have a lot, if you're going through hard times, good times, if you have those things, you can be content in life in any circumstance. Psalm 23, 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love that promise from Scripture. Because no matter what you're in wanting of, no matter what you physically need today, goodness and mercy and his presence follow you all the days of your life, and you can be content in any circumstance. The, the fourth thing is to seek God's pardon and the strength to pardon others. In Matthew 6, 12, back to the Lord's Prayer, this version, the, the Passion Translation, I want to read this version that says, Forgive the wrongs we have done as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us. And I, I like this translation because it has the word release. Like this taking off, this pressure, chains, and I want you to know today that God wants to release you from the weight of your own sin. He wants to release you from the weight of your own shame, the weight of your own guilt. He wants to release you from that daily. Every single day we can go to God. My favorite promise from scripture, one of my favorites, is that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. It would be loving enough just for him to forgive us, but he's also going to purify us from all unrighteousness. He's going to get to the root issues of all of those sins, not just put a band-aid on it and say, I forgive you today and we'll be back here tomorrow, I know. Um, he's going to cleanse you and to make you righteous too. And in the same way that he would love for you to release your sin, pride, the shame that's holding you down, he would also love to release you from holding others. C.S. Lewis says that forgiving is easy. C.S. Lewis is always, I feel like, one step ahead of me because I feel like just that first sentence. Okay, forgiving is easy. That's a bold statement. But he says it's the daily forgiving that is hard. And so I love that this is included as a daily prayer of, of, of the Lord's Prayer. In fact, the, the Lord's Prayer never says, you know, Jesus doesn't say pray this daily. But we get that from our, that give us our daily bread. That This is really an intimate conversation that goes on with God every day. And so we can seek God every day for forgiveness. I had mentioned in, in one of our earlier devos that a forgiving person is the freest person. Because we, we might say, why, why, is, 
Why is forgiving conclude, you know, included in the Lord's Prayer in this daily prayer? Because the more we can release people, the more that we can release this need to get our own justice, the need to um, tell someone off, the need to, to yell at the person who just cut us off on 1604 35. The more that we can release that, the freer that we are. And it's this synonymous and beautiful relationship of God pardoning us. And when we when we know the degree to which we've been pardoned, we can pardon others. And you know, forgiving is a daily choice that we make, but it's formed in this prayer because we need God's strength and able to make that choice. We need just a reminder of how he's forgiven us. We need a reminder of his love so that we can forgive others. And then the fifth and final thing is to seek God's power to be delivered. And we get a few things from, from, this, from this part of the scripture. And the first is to be delivered from temptation. And, and I really, really thought about this and sought this out because I'm like, okay, what is temptation? We hear temptation, we think different things like temptation not to eat like chocolate cake after, after bed or, you know, temptation not to watch Game of Thrones or whatever, or like what should I watch or things like that. But really temptation is any outside source that weakens the flesh. Any outside source that weakens the flesh. So anything that comes in between our focus on God. I love that we talked earlier about our gaze on the Lord. Temptation comes in to distract that gaze. It cuts it off. We can't gaze at the Lord if we're looking at this and this and this. And, and we have another promise. I love that we're looking at all these promises from God. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. One of the best moments is when we are able to say, me too. I struggle with that, me too. No, over, no temptation has overtaken what is common to man, mankind. And that's, if I, I don't know what is, a plug to be in small groups. We are, we are uh, our small group roster is live today. So we, we launch next week. So don't, don't show up at their house this week. But the roster is live this week, and you can look and plan your schedule. We do it a week before so that you can plan your schedule and, and look at what days would be best for you. Get someone in your corner to walk this with you through it. In the same way that Jesus doesn't let us learn this alone, he doesn't want us to live it alone. And the living part is what we get to do with others. And we get to hear other people say, me too, me too. So... Have not be, been tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. And if that's not a promise, I don't know what is. That, that sin doesn't have to be an option. That temptation doesn't have to be an option. That we can fix our gaze back on the Lord. And the second thing we're delivered from is from evil. And again, I, I really went at this and was just reading commentary, commentaries and praying because I've always heard this prayer, right? I think most of us, if you've been in church, have grown up and we've heard this prayer many times, but really thinking, what is God trying to say with this? What is Jesus teaching us here? And I think it's not that we would be delivered from evil as in God transports us to this little Christian community um, where we farm and you know we don't see anyone. It's, it's that the evil itself will not permeate the inside of our hearts. That it may go on around us but we're delivered from having to participate in it. And, and then in turn, we can be a light in the darkness of, in the faces of evil. We can 
as freed people, free people from that darkness. Ultimately, I think Jesus taught us these prayers because he knows that we are not sufficient in ourselves. In fact, he didn't create us to be self-sufficient, actually. When he created us, he gave us all of these different things to provide our needs. It was an open relationship from the beginning. We are the ones who made the choice to separate, but God created us to have an ongoing openness, always providing everything we need. So that's where somebody today in itself that you weren't even created to be self-sufficient. So you can let that go today. The, the Lord's prayer over and over, I think, is a theme of his way, not ours. And honestly, for our sake. His way, not ours, so that you can be denied of everything you want. His way, not ours, so that we can actually see the beauty of life. A few weeks ago, we had um, Pastor Tony Taylor, um, him and his wife, they came to speak. And one of the things that he said blew my mind. I'd never thought about it this way, that God has high standards for us because he has a high quality of life for us. And I think we find that in the, in the Lord's prayer. But the real reward of prayer and seeking prayer every single day is not getting a prayer request answered. That's amazing and God will do it. It's his presence alone. It's becoming closer with him day by day. It's getting to see him every single day as your good shepherd that's with you, that won't leave you or forsake you even to the end of the age, that you may struggle and go through hard times. Maybe you're a student and you're in school right now and, and, and it's hard, but you have a good shepherd who will not leave you or forsake you. His presence alone is the reward. You know, we're all learning and growing and, and, and getting better and closer to God at, at this prayer thing. But if you stay with him and you don't give up, you will know him. That's a promise, that if you seek him and you seek him with all your heart, you will get to know him. And I, I, I've loved what God has done in my life, and I know that he's spoken to me. But I'm here today because I know that he can speak to you too. And I know that life is busy right now with back to school and, and anything going on in your life and your job and your work. I've just been so burdened by by hearing people just talk about how busy things are, how, how the pace of life is. And we live in a very big city and it's hard to slow down. It really, really is. And I've had you on my heart as, I, as I've been writing this message because we cannot, we cannot let the busyness of life take away our prayer life. This has to go more than 21 days because God has a plan for you. And oftentimes his plan is him, just to know him, to be closer to him, to hear his voice. He wants to encourage you in all of the things that you are doing. He wants to lead you to do them at even greater scale if you would be alone with him. I'm challenging you today. Let it go past 21 days. Seek him. As the world gets louder and louder, get quieter and quieter and listen to what he's saying. We are a prayer first kind of people. And if you fall, reset. If you, I've heard it said, if you miss one day with God, don't miss two. If you 
If you miss two, don't miss three. It's okay, just reset each time because he is the reward and the reward is so, so good. Lastly, I wanna share with you, when I first got married, I have been so blessed by marriage and, and just to be even celebrating still being newly married. Just in a week, um, Ethan and I will have our two-year anniversary and, and I was reflecting as I was writing this message on, on when we are on, we're on our honeymoon, it, it hit me then, you know, like all before marriage, I'm like, okay, let's get it done. Like, I need to get a dress and, and I'm ready, you know, I've been, I've been ready for a long time and, and you just let the whirlwind go, but I was just sitting and thinking, I have never felt love like this before, which is strange because I have had no shortage of love in my life. I've had great family and friends and mentors. We would not have even got married had it not for been the help of people around us. We have amazing pastors and, and just people in our life that are for us. I've been so loved, but there's something about someone saying, I'm going to spend the rest of my lifetime denying myself and laying myself down, joint bank accounts, that's a thing. Um, it's crazy that someone would link up their bank account with me and, and just commit to loving me for the rest of my life. And I can't help but think how much more Jesus, no matter what I've done or who I've been before, that he paid the highest price, not just to spend a lifetime with me, but so I could spend eternity with him. And it's the same for you today. We started by saying that Jesus pray, paid a high price for prayer, that this thing of prayer, this Christian life, it's costly, but it was a price that Jesus was willing to pay for you, more than willing. And it's the life that, that you are invited into today, this this beautiful, open relationship with God, with his people, this is what you're invited to today. I wanna pray for us, I wanna pray for two groups of people. The first is for those who want to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I believe that there may be someone in here who maybe you've already and you wanna come back to God, or for the first time, you wanna accept that invitation, what the Bible so clearly and simply says that if you confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in him as Lord, you will be saved. And so I wanna pray over those today who want to make that decision. And then I wanna pray for those who, who are believing for hunger and persistence. I wanna pray hunger for God and persistence over you. Persistence past 21 days of prayer into a lifetime of prayer, into a daily rhythm of prayer because I know that, that it gets crazy, gets busy, but when we stay focused and hungry for God, then it will be easy to go to his word every day. It'll be easy to go in, into prayer. So I wanna pray for us now. You can bow your heads. If you, if you believe that you are in that first group of people that you would like to give your life to Jesus, and believe him as Lord and Savior, I just wanna ask you if you, would, if you would so kindly raise your hand. I just wanna see who I'm praying for. Thank you. Okay, we're gonna pray a prayer together out loud. Um, no one prays alone. We, we want this to be a comfortable environment for you to meet Jesus. So I just wanna pray over you right now. If you would repeat after me, 
Jesus, I thank you that you love me. I thank you for having a plan and purpose for my life. I am sorry for my sin. I've been living in shame and I'm ready to live a life with you. Your word says that if I confess that you are Lord and believe it in my heart, I will be saved. So I confess you as Lord today and I step into a life of obedience with you. In Jesus' name. And as we keep praying, I want to pray for those who want hunger for God and persistence in their prayer life. If that's you, would you just raise your hand with no one looking around? I just want to see who I'm praying over this morning. That's awesome. I could even raise my hand. We, we all want to be closer to God. I can feel the hunger and the desire in the room. So I'm just going to pray over you right now. Father, I pray for every person in this room, Lord, who wants to see your face that they are coming to the house of God to see you and to focus their gaze on your beauty. I pray, Lord, that the, the hurry and the busyness of the world would not take their gaze off of you, but as things get louder, their spirit would get quieter, that they would not abandon their time in the word with you, that they would not abandon their time in prayer with you, but they would feel your invitation even now and they would step into it. And as they grow, as we fail, I pray that it creates more and more of a trusting and life-giving relationship with you. And thank you, Lord, for being our reward. Thank you for never leaving us or forsaking us. I know that your spirit is with and, and within every single person in this room who's going out um, to teach, who's going out to be a nurse, who's going out to schools who's going out to do all these things, Lord, you are with them. Lord, and we thank you for our time today. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' name, amen. Can we celebrate together? Thank you for listening to the Purpose Church Podcast. If God uses this message to impact your life, tell us your story by emailing mystory@thepurposechurch.com. Be sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at thepurposechurch.com to get connected and receive all the latest information.